Hello and welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. This week we'll be going over a lot of different things. We're going to be covering Cataclysm, we're going to be covering PvP, the latest, what is it, patch, that's it. The latest patch that is coming out within the next couple of weeks, which is 10.2.5, Seeds of Renewal. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff, but as always, we'll start off with the weekly news. Liskanoth, the Zakali Elders and Aerostar are your uh, world bosses. Aerostar's a band, isn't it? Like, from teens of years ago? Not going crazy, right? That that just popped into my head, sorry. Um, <clears throat> all located within their relative um, zones. So you have Liskanoth in Thaldrassus, Zakali Elders in Zaralak Caverns, and Aerostar in the Emerald Dream. Dragonflight... Dungeon is your bonus event for the week. This is where at the end of each dungeon you get a extra piece of gear. So you usually get two pieces. I think you get three this week. So definitely make use of that. If you're a Mythic Plus player, you get an extra piece so you can possibly gear up even more. So stuff like that. Warsong Scramble is your brawl for the week. This is essentially, you have three flags in the opposition flag room and you just capture, first to capture 10 flags wins don't need to be in possession of all three of your flags or anything to capture you it is just uh, if you are very fast at capturing flags run flags and you will win this brawl very easily tyrannical volcanic and sanguine are your mythic affixes for the week tyrannical the bosses and the mobs that they summon have increased health and damage volcanic there's a small little eruption underneath you Please sidestep it. It will interrupt spell casting. It will do a bit of damage. It's more of an annoyance more so than anything. And Sanguine, when a mob dies, it leaves a pool of Sanguine blood behind. Move mobs out of this, and for the love of God, don't stand in it. it it's not fun for your healers. Your healers won't like you. You'll get kicked from the group, because, yeah, the healer will get upset. Um, but yeah, please don't stand in the Sanguine. It doesn't help. Um, that is it for the weekly news, but we will start off... Um, at uh, the Seeds of Renewal patch, this got released, or this was announced a few days ago, I believe. And uh, it's uh, coming on the, I think, the reset of the 17th for EU um, and 16th for NA. I believe it's that reset week. Um, but essentially what this means is, I guess it's a very good patch in itself, and we'll go over what's in that patch. But if you look at the roadmap... What's next is this pirate flag, which is 10.2.6, this random pirate flag that they had on the roadmap. Now, no one knows what this means. I still speculate that it's a nod to, oh my God, this pirate-themed expansion kind of deal. But whether it is or isn't, we will get this hidden patch, which will be really good. And before Season 4 drops, there will be a war within Alpha. That's the bit I'm looking forward to. Before Season 4, so before the end of this expansion, we'll have a war within Alpha, which makes sense, because obviously you need it before the next expansion. Um, but we will get this in between, or within the next few months, potentially. When does Season 4 begin? Probably, well, if I had to guess, in about three months' time. So this would be in a couple months, maybe? End of Feb? Potentially, that would be really cool to see. Um, but maybe more like March. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? If you're looking at like springtime and early summer release for the War Within, then uh, you'll or no, like mid 
summerish. Then, yeah, probably looking at early alpha in March or something, and then the beta will be coming in probably about June. No, no, not June. Maybe May, something like that. So late Feb and then early, like late May, something like that for the beta and the alpha. But let's uh, have a look at Seeds of Renewal. So what Seeds of Renewal will basically entail is the Dragon Isles epilogues. So this is rounding the story and essentially bringing Amirdrasil fully into the world. This is bringing it into the world of Azeroth as we know it from the Emerald Dream. This is a new home for the Night Elves and there is a lot of content that is on Amirdrasil. It is now bristling with life, even though it already was. But essentially... Um, new mobs will be on this island and it will be where the night elves are making their home they've already established um, buildings on there and they're sort of building it up which is really cool it's definitely going to be a place where i like just stand around to queue like for arenas and battlegrounds because i've always needed a new place to do that um last couple times it's been valdraken and uh, oh my god i've already forgotten the shadowlands one or a boss, that's it. Um, for some reason, I was thinking Osiris or something. But um, yeah, no, it is Oroboss. That's where like I've been queuing for the past couple of expansions. It's not great. Um, but the Dragon Isles epilogues will bring all of this to a close and it will be like, oh my God, this is what's happening. Like, you know, these voices. Uh, what, what we saw in the war within cinematic, like there's always... There's already hints to like someone speaking to Thrall and Jaina in this quest line, in the current quest line that we have for Amir Drasil right now. So that'll be more of a nod and pushing us in that direction and that kind of deal. It's like, oh my god, this person needs to, you know, get kicked in the arse and kicked out and defeated and all that stuff. You know, it's setting that up essentially. The reclamation of Gilneas is something really cool. So I'm not sure how they're gonna do this. Um because no one really... This would make a lot more sense if we were actually going to use Azeroth as the sort of vocal point of the expansion. But I th don't think we are... Well, Azeroth as a whole we are. But I mean like Eastern Kingdoms or Kalimdor. Um, because Gilneas is obviously a city that's in the far north of Eastern Kingdoms. And the Alliance never had that. Ironforge was the furthest north. But that's about the halfway mark of uh, Eastern Kingdoms. Gilneas was that little bit further up. Um, but it is cool that we're eventually getting to reclaim Gilneas. I think Gilneas is a city that definitely deserved to be a city rather than just an introductory quest. Like you reclaim it and then like at the end game content at level 85 or whenever it was in Cataclysm, you go back and reclaim it from the likes of um, the Bant like the Banshee Queen, which is uh, the Forsaken or whatever may inhabited it at the time, which is the Worgen, the Feral Worgen, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm very curious to see the reclamation of Gilneas. I think that there's going to be a little bit of a armor cosmetic for that as well, which will be really cool. Dragon riding worldwide is coming in season of or seeds of renewal. This is the best change, in my honest opinion, because uh, you go to Azeroth. Or, yeah, well, technically we've only had two expansions outside Azeroth. Um, but yeah, you go into Azeroth, Eastern Kingdoms, Mr. Pandaria, Kalimdor, uh, Boralis, Northrend, you know, all of these zones that you can't 
use dragon riding. You go from dragon riding in the Dragon Isles to flying normally, and it feels very underwhelming. It really does. Dragon riding has made it so much more impactful, like just going from point A to point B and a lot more entertaining and a lot more engaging. And it's something that was one of the best features out of Dragonflight, in my honest opinion. And uh, yeah, I, I think that this is very long overdue and can't wait for this to... Obviously, I know it's long overdue because they had to revamp the entire world in order to kind of make it available, maybe? Is that what they just had to flick a switch? Who knows? But they wanted to probably see the reaction of dragon riding, you know, that kind of deal. So this is amazing. In about a couple of weeks' time, you'll be able to dragon ride in Kalimdor, Eastern Kingdoms, Northrend, all of the other continents, and uh, that will be amazing. Follower Dungeons. This one's a lot more simpler, but this one is going to be very effective, in my honest opinion. The Proving Grounds were in Missa Pandaria. What the Proving Grounds did, I spoke about this on uh, Wednesday's episode, but Proving Grounds essentially allowed you to play your class and figure it out and stuff like that um, on these NPCs and in certain scenarios. But it doesn't actually bring you into dungeon scenarios where it's like, okay, this boss has this mechanic, so deal with this. These follower dungeons will allow you to practice your uh, new class. If you're a lot more of a casual player, without the fear of being ridiculed by other players or like getting shit talked by other players, which some people are dicks out there and they really do just not care about other people's feelings and they will just either kick you if you're not doing a good job and you're still learning or you're too slow or they'll just insult you and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid. So the follower dungeons are going to help you learn your class, have some fun and take it at your very own pace on whichever role you're learning, whether it be tank, healer or DPS, which is really, really good. I do hope that they expand on this and maybe make it a heroic feature. So the heroics aren't necessarily crazy. Um, like a crazy improvement in terms of steps. The gear is all right from them. I just don't want them to do it for Mythic. I feel like Mythic is that step up where they should be like, okay, you've got to find a group now, but you've you've obviously trained yourself in whatever role you're doing, healer, DPS, or tank, and you should be good enough to do a Mythic now that you've got some gear from these follower dungeons as well. So I really hope that the follower dungeons are seen as a win by the community rather than not the azerothian archives is it like an extra thing i believe this is where you can get loads of cosmetics loads of stuff like that mounts uh armor all that stuff and i think they're just expanding on it you basically just do a shit ton of puzzles and these puzzles lead to certain rewards etc i'm pretty sure that's what it is so these i haven't done them personally myself i really should but i just I uh, know I find it very tough to get into that sort of thing for m- when I play well, uh, in my honest opinion, but I've heard very good things about it. Outland Cup comes in this uh, uh, season renewal patch as well. Essentially, this is going to be released, I think, next week anyway, the Outland Cup. This uh, will be where you can drag and ride uh, uh, and do races in Outland, and there is a specific transmog that you get for it completing them and i would imagine you get a title and some achievements stuff like that which is really cool but that is it for the seeds of renewal now is it going to be a good patch yes i think it's going to be a normal sort of 0.5 patch it's going to have a lot of stuff to do that isn't major 
that you can obviously like just play around with and take it at your own pace. You could do it all in one night. You could do it over a couple of months, etc. But this, for me, is a stepping stone to the next couple of uh, things on the roadmap. That pirate flag, we don't know anything about it. And then that alpha. That alpha is going to be huge. It's going to see how full everything is within... That's not the word. How complete everything is within the war within. It's going to show you the hero talents. It's going to show you the possible leveling and questing zones. And we're going to see just how much has been done, essentially, um, when we get this alpha. And uh, when we're going to most likely get the actual expansion. Because if an alpha is put up and they've only done one zone, well, yeah, we're not playing that until next year. If the alpha's out and they've done every single quest, every single like NPC, they've got absolutely everything on there in the alpha, and there's a few minor bugs, we're probably going to get it very early summer, potentially. If it's like really flawless and stuff, there there is that potential. But I think the main reason that they want to do the alpha is for the hero talents. They want to look at... Well, balancing is always the last thing that you can do because that's just tweaking numbers. It's more so how everything interacts with each other, how the play styles feel, how the... Um, yeah, basically how your rotation feels in terms of damage, tanking, healing, etc., etc., and how everything plays into each other. So is this too powerful? If you pair this with this, uh, it suddenly becomes ridiculously OP, you know, that kind of deal. And that's where the balancing issues will come into place like later on. But it'll be very cool to see nonetheless. So here's hoping we get news on that very, very soon. And a little bit after Seat of Renewal, maybe a couple of weeks after at the very latest, I would like to hope. Now, <clears throat> let's swap over to the forums, the good old fun forums. And I picked out a few good ones here. So, keep Kata all original, no changes. This one's very short. And uh, I originally wasn't going to pick this one because the main post is, you know, it's all, oh my God, hashtag no changes, all that stuff. But there was one response which I had to address. The Kata Classic servers need to stay as an original Kata as possible. No additional changes, no new systems, no made-up features, no rebalancing, no nerfs, no WoW token, no unlimited boosts. Kata Classic needs to stay all original. No changes. To play the game as it was then, the love letter to the players. Firstly, I'm pretty sure... Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Made made up features were always going to be added with each expansion. Uh, whether that be heroics or um, new raiding, new raiding system like 10-man heroic, 25-man heroic, etc., etc. Um, 
But essentially, they want to remove the WoW token. What the WoW token has done is alleviated a botting problem. And that's my honest opinion. Um, the botting problem was out of hand in Wrath of the Lich King Classic, towards the start and middle of Wrath of the Lich King Classic. It was crazily out of hand. Like, I saw so many bots, it was unreal. I now go on to Wrath Classic, and I see very few, if any, bots. I see a couple every now and again. And honestly, that's because of the WoW token. Because everyone either buys the WoW token, and it's not as dangerous, you know, in terms of getting banned and stuff. You you won't get banned if you buy a WoW token, um, and you still make your gold. Whereas if you bought gold, you have that chance to get banned, and then that gold's useless anyway, so you've just spent money for no real reason. And uh, the way that bots work is the more people that bought gold, the more bots they would make to make gold so that they could sell the gold. So the WoW tokens helped with that. And I don't think classic players have seen that or understand that. I I literally have clips of me... I I have a YouTube video of me looking at one point in time on Wrath Classic and the amount of Death Knight bots that I see in one spot is absolutely insane. It, it was crazy. So, the response I wanted to reply to was this one. Yeah, nah, not going to happen. They're keeping Heroic Plus, account-wide collections, the WoW token, and a change in the auction house. One can wish, but your wishes fall on deaf ears. Okay, so he's named four things there. Named four things. Now, yes, they are changes. The Heroic Plus, the account-wide collections, the WoW token... And the auction house changes. The auction house is going to change to the retail auction house, where it's a lot more cleaner, a lot more user-friendly, and you don't need add-ons for it. The retail auction house is a masterpiece, in my honest opinion. It's absolutely amazing. So why would we not have that? It's a quality of life change. Perfect. The WoW token, I've just went over it. Uh, it's a quality of life change because there's less bots. No one, I, I, you do not have to interact with the WoW token at all. You can just ignore it, and you do not have to interact with it. It's that simple. Account-wide collections. Some people might hate this. Some people might like this. I think it's very good if you've collected something on a character, but then you have to go and refarm it, like whether it be a reputation or anything on a different character. That can be a ball ache. It really can. So why wouldn't you have account-wide collections? Also, I'm pretty sure they had account-wide collections anyway with the Mount Journal and stuff in Cataclysm. Unless I'm going crazy. And, like, pets and stuff. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure they had that in Cataclysm. I'm not too sure. Um, Someone will have to remind me of that. But, again, I think it's just a quality of life change. And Heroic Plus. If they do not keep Heroic Plus in Cataclysm Classic the game will die. It's that simple. The game was revitalised when they brought in the looking for group system in Wrath of the Lich King. The game was revitalised when they brought in the Heroic Plus system for gearing alt characters. It makes it alt friendly and it allows players to, instead of going from heroic gear to raiding gear or from going questing gear to normal gear to heroic gear to raiding gear, they go from questing gear to heroic gear to like raiding gear with the mythic plus or the heroic plus. And uh, the heroic pluses are something that are meant to be used as a gearing system, 
not as a oh my god we need 7k gear score like you need to get five badges really quickly kind of deal no it's for gearing stop being dicks like it's ridiculous um but yeah i I just don't get it but a side note on that by the way gear score means nothing Gear score means absolutely nothing. I did a dungeon with a shaman, about 6.1k gear score. I'm 5.4 in my boomkin. I've been really slacking on my boomkin gear. My main's about 5.9, I think, druid, like feral tank. Um, I only do 10-man raids, so 25-man's out of the question. Um, But yeah, I, I was doing a dungeon, and this 6.1k shaman... I can't remember what dungeon it was, but essentially he died to the same mechanic over and over, and it's a very simple mechanic. It, it's that or like, okay, I'll take this one for example. Unkahet, it has five bosses. One of these bosses is a fungi boss, and essentially you can stand under a healthy mushroom and kill it for a 100% damage increase. Any damage you take will take away this effect, and uh, when he casts mini on everyone in the group... You stand under a mushroom and you become normal size, yeah? Because you want the mini debuff off of you because it reduces damage by 75%. I have seen people who have the highest gear score in the world don't know these mechanics. And yet people with that gear score will get into a raid over myself just because of gear. That's the thing. Like, that won't happen in Cataclysm. In Cataclysm, you have to know the mechanics. I'd take someone who knows the mechanics over someone who has gear. Because it's just the smarter thing to do. Under pressure, they'll actually know and respond in like ways that other people wouldn't. You know. Um, but the gear score thing is a community thing. That's a community problem. That's not a Blizzard problem. I do need to state that. Because we are the ones who are toxic to ourselves with that. We're the ones who like just shaft ourselves... And shot ourselves in the foot when it comes to, oh, like, everyone's complaining or everyone wants gear score. Blizzard, what are you doing? No, that's us. That's us doing that. That's the community. The community, in my honest opinion, has contributed worse ideas than good ideas to the game itself. The good ideas, such as Hardcore WoW, really good. Um... I'm not sure if Season of Discovery was a player-based decision. Um, I don't feel like it was. I feel like Blizzard kind of took a spin on that by themselves. They they kind of... We kind of said, like, oh, my God, a sandbox kind of mode, that kind of deal, is what I had an idea of. Um, but when they released Season of Discovery, it was a very good idea that they did, and that that was a Blizzard idea. But Gear Score, you know, there was... Uh, uh, mythic plus rating system that was a very poor decision to add in my honest opinion because everyone's like oh my god what's your rating what's your like mythic rating and let's face it the mythic rating means fuck all like i don't mean to sound dickish or big-headed or anything like that i did some pve mythics and they're so they are ridiculously easy I did like plus 15s stuff. I know that's low and it's been very easy with mythics, but I haven't done a mythic since season one or two of Shadowlands. And uh, I honestly just couldn't tell you how easy it was. It's ridiculous. Now I get that like plus 
20s, 25s and stuff are happening. And obviously, when you get to that sort of level, yes, you need a bit of coordination, you need a bit of kick rotation, stuff like that with your players. But the people that I met in the ones that I did, like 15s, I feel like I can do mythics and just get the reward very easily. Whereas if you put someone like a PvE into the PvP and try and get glad, I think it's a lot tougher. Um, I don't know. But yeah, my my main point, going back a bit, essentially a lot of the bad ideas from the community, well, there's been a lot more bad ideas from the community than there has been good for the game itself that have been implemented. And uh, the four things that he mentioned there, the Heroic Plus, Countwide Collections, WoW Token, and the Auction House Changing, are all of them like quality of life changes. None of them affect gameplay at all. At all. Uh, Heroic Plus does, but you have to sign up for it. And it is a uh, community thing. Not a community thing. It is a social aspect of the game. Dungeons are just a social aspect. That's it. That's always what it has been. And this is just to help you gear out. Again, quality of life. Now the next one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go over the big one. So, who? why are you allowing GDKP in Season of Discovery? This will tie into what I mean with regards to community-based problems. I see people advertising GDKP in Season of Discovery already, and I can't stand how lax uh, of a stance you take on this, Blizz. It's sickening. GDKP is the exact opposite intention of this version of the game. How often are you going to allow this in your games until you realise it ruins the game? As you as a company have allowed this in various forms of your game for years, it's contributed to a rabid gold purchasing just for people to run GDKPs in exchange for actual money. The point of this version of the game is to move away from the tired trope of uh, what makes this game bad. If the intent of your design team is to always allow this and uh, the seemingly lacklustre response to people that buy gold, it's insane to me. It's insane to me that uh, anyone would uh, keep playing this after next phase because that's all this will become, just another slightly different version of classic. What? That's literally what the game is. Season of Discovery is just a different version of classic. What? My my brain just imploded. Um, There's more to this, but I want to address this first. GDKPs, not on Blizzard's... It's on Blizzard's to-do list, probably, but it's really not at the forefront. The community, ourselves, we're the problem. We are the problem when it comes to GDKPs. The thing is, I see... Well, I haven't played Season of Discovery, so I can't really speak. But I, I see very few GDKPs on uh, Retail and Wrath Classic. I see a few. I do see a few. But they're very few and far between. They're more advertised, and you've got to really get into them and stuff like that, find the discords, etc., etc. But I don't think they're nearly as a problem as people think. If people want to buy the gold... They can buy the gold. They are banning people in Season of Discovery for buying gold. And you do see a couple bots and stuff, which is very sad, but there will always be bots in classic World of Warcraft. Um, up until Cataclysm, probably. Um, this is because the game itself is run very simply. In classic, as a hunter, you send your pet in, you auto-attack, and it will die. If your pet gets to a certain percentage, you mend pet. 
You know, it, it's that kind of deal. I saw so many bots in Classic that were hunters. And when you killed their pet, essentially they'll just stand there trying to res it again. And then when they resed it, you just kill it again. You know, that kind of deal. That's how you screwed over, like, bots in uh, Classic World of Warcraft. But there will always be botting in Classic, mainly because it is a very simplistic game, and the coding for these bots will be very simplistic as well. I, for one, would like to see a stern stance on that one, at least one version of your game. Please, for the love of anything you people have made and been part of for over 20 years, can't possibly think this is a good for your player base or product. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you designed the game around this being the primary point of the game and sell the gear and gold people make and sell the gear and gold people make in your game for real life dollars. Oh God. Okay. Maybe it's your lackluster support system and staff not having the resources to deal with these things. You'd figure a company with $74.28 billion, I don't know if that's correct, but they do have a lot of money, uh, would be able to piece together a full support of staff that would be able to take a stern stance about people abusing parts of the game, game real-life money, as well as devalue the work and time for people who actually put forth the effort to farm and have items in the game. Why play any part of your game when you can pay someone to run you through dungeons at max level, then pay someone to give you all the gear that drops every raid until you've got all the items that could that anyone could want. What value is there in that? There, is, there isn't any accepted, and then the dollar sign. If you as a company feel the game should run like this, I can't understand why anyone would take time or effort to play this at all. Who cares about all the effort and time you put you and your friends took to get gear and beat content when JP Johnny spent $300 and got the same thing. If this is the stance the company takes just to add the wow token to season of discovery already and end anything that this could be. Okay. Firstly, the last sentence, why spend the time with you and your friend to get the same amount of gear as JP Johnny. Firstly, you're $300 better off. Secondly, you've had more enjoyment playing with your friend and gearing up and doing the raids and dungeons, etc. Thirdly, I don't know what the third point is, but essentially you're making memories. Um, And the idea is if you don't want to do GDKPs, find a guild. Find a guild. That's what guilds are for in Classic. Guilds are there so that you can do the raids and enjoy them without a GDKP. If you want to do a GDKP, the option's there. The whole main point about this is. The community is the problem. When it comes to this sort of thing, Blizzard aren't. So you can't blame them. And you can't really blame them for not doing anything. What is there to blame? What are they doing wrong that's against the TOS? The only thing that's wrong is if they've bought gold. You can't prove that they've bought gold because some people do farm gold a lot better than others. Now, depending on how much gold, like at this level, at level 25, if you've had 350 gold in one week, then it's a bit dodgy because it's like, oh, well, you've clearly bought that. If you've got 50 gold, it's more doable. If you put the time in and people are like really grinding for it, it it's very doable. Um, but you can't really blame Blizzard for this. It is a community thing that has gone wrong. And you know, it's, it's just one of them things. 
I don't know how to explain it more. You can't blame Blizzard for this because ultimately the player base is doing something, but it isn't against TOS at all. And you can't ban them for doing something that isn't against TOS, which is because that would just be stupid. It really would be. But that is where I'll end it for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, do check out the social medias down below. Constant stuff happening over there. And be sure to check out... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, got something in my heart. Um, check out TikTok. A load of videos going up there right now. I've got loads of arena stuff pretty much going up there on the daily, a few videos. But any love and support for any of the social medias is much appreciated. Again, thank you all very much for listening. And go, Valor friend. Goodbye, all.